Falcons Audible presented by AT&T is back. Atlanta Falcons come up short to the Carolina Panthers on the road 9-7. I am Derek Rackley. That's DJ Shockley. That's Dave Archer. And, yes, he's got a little bit of head shake going on. Mm. Before we open the can and let these guys give you their analysis of the game, let me just tell you what we've got on store. We will break the game down. We will talk about cleaning up some costly mistakes. We will discuss a change at the quarterback position that is news uh, going around the Atlanta Falcons building and the NFC South, and we will talk a little bit about the NFC South, the state of the division, if we have time. So, fellas, let's get into it. Obviously, a disappointing, a missed opportunity, you could say. Going up against a team that's 1-12, that is going in the absolutely wrong direction, you feel like even if you're struggling a little bit from the Atlanta Falcons side, that you got to go up there and you got to find a way to come home with a victory. <clears throat> you could sit there and make excuses all day long you want about the conditions. Guess what? Both teams have to play in the conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, but they just didn't make enough plays. They made a couple of costly errors. And in the National Football League, if you leave a team around in the fourth quarter within one score with a chance to win the game, anything can happen. So, Dave, I start with you. You called the game. You saw how things started to kind of unfold a little bit. Let's go back to the first or second quarter. Like, what was your overall thoughts of what you were seeing on the field? Before we get to the things that happened in the second half, but where did things start to go wrong in the first half? Okay, well – it was you're right it was brutal for both teams the the rain was steady it got more and more steady or more and more influential throughout mm -hmm. the game it was brutal it, it it's as a quarterback shock we would have not wanted to play in that game i think that even the offensive linemen didn't really want to play in the game but you know ultimately you got to go play as you said both teams are in the game so you start the game with a good opening drive. You're moving the quarterback out of the pocket off his spot. We knew that we we're going to have problems with Brock and Burns yep. and Derrick Brown. Yep. And that played out. They certainly were a problem up front, among other guys that were problems blocking. Then you factor in the fact that you've got three backup offensive linemen that are starting for you. And, oh, by the way, your left tackle is probably playing at about 80% yep. in Jake yep. Matthews. Okay, so that's all on the table. So now we know what the cards are that we've been dealt. Now let's go play as clean as we can. Opening drive's a good drive. Yep. Okay, the win was a little bit of an effect, and I know some of the fans are wondering, well, why didn't you kick the field goal with Koo there for about 51, 52 yards? Win was fairly significant into Atlanta in the opening drive. Art decides to go for it on, first, on third and fourth down. What hurt you was the miss block. Tyler Algier misses a block. Uh, on the on the third down run, which makes it fourth and four, yep. you come back with the run game. You can debate whether you'd like to have thrown it there or whatever, move the quarterback out of the pocket. You don't get it. Defense responds with the same thing on the other end. Defense is to stop on fourth down. And so you kind of, okay, flip the coin. Yep. It was kind of an even deal. We survived. Yep. Well, so at that point now it settles into a field position game. Uh, because the weather conditions, the throat were brutal. Bryce Young had a couple slip out of his hand. Dez had a couple slip out of his hand early on. The key to the whole thing was don't help the other team, mm -hmm. okay? And you talked about it right off the top. You get a fumble deep in your own territory. Defense comes in, bows its back, gets the stop, field goal. You still got the lead. Um, now you've got the chance at the end of the game to maybe seal the football game with a field goal. A touchdown is definitely going to seal the game. Mm -hmm. You can't turn the football over. Yep. We've talked about it all along. I'm looking at my looking at my uh, notes. I was showing shock before we came on. Hold up against the Carolina run. Really didn't necessarily do that to the best extent, but you did a little bit. They had about 130 yards rushing, 125 yards rushing. Not great. Ball security on offense and make the plays that are there. Just make the plays that are there. We didn't do any of that. 
Okay, ultimately you lose a game you're supposed to win. There's a lot of times, especially when you're rolling the quarterback out in the pocket, you run the boot action stuff, DJ. And and you guys can speak to this better than I can, but sometimes, you know, I, when I was growing up on offense, it was always like if your tight end is open in the flat and he's got a couple steps, give him the ball, right? right? Whoever it is. Maybe it's a wide receiver that's running a quick in and out. But sometimes you get lured because you want to hit the second throw. You want to look at the guy that's going to be about 10 or 15 yards deep. And sometimes you just need to go ahead and stick, especially in bad condition, stick the, th- the four or five-yard throw mm-hmm. onto your tight end. Let him turn up field. Let him use some physicality and pick up extra yards. Taylor asked me in our pregame show, would you rather play in a game like the Falcons had on Sunday with driving rain or in snow? And I said, snow every day of the week. Yeah. Because snow doesn't end up getting attached to the football and make it completely slippery. Mm. So you have to deal with all that stuff as a quarterback. So let's go ahead and let's talk about the interception because I think that's one of the biggest stories of the game. No question. And, DJ, I texted you almost immediately after it happened. And my thought was, and I'm looking at it as an analyst just like you guys are, is he does a great job of getting away from the pressure, right? Like, And in my opinion, after that point, you've won. You got away from the sack. Now throw the ball five yards out of bounds, yeah. right? But even Dez said it, I believe, after the game that he said, I got greedy. I thought I had a chance to make a throwback in the middle of the field. But all of his momentum was taking him toward the sideline, and he tries to throw the ball back inside over the middle. They say the Cardinals sin as a quarterback, and the ball gets picked off. It's easy to sit here in hindsight and say, chuck the ball out of bounds. But, I mean, is that not the thing? Chuck the ball out of bounds? <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely a thing. And the number one reason why it is the best thing is because you're in an area of the field where you have points. And it's in the part of the ball game where – Points were at a premium, yeah. and you're so close to, I would say, putting the game away, but you're making it tougher on them to have to go down and score a touchdown as opposed to just having to go kick a field goal. But I think you, you go back to the beginning of this play. You, you got Cornell Hodge coming across, and he comes underneath, and the play, he gets blown up. I mean, there's penetration from the inside. Hodge isn't available to get out, and he's your little dump off right there. Maybe if, you know, he comes off the fake and then the guy's in his face, he can dump it to Hodge. Well, that tells you right that the play is already messed up. Hodge can't get through the, 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 the mesh, and then obviously he beats the guy to the edge. And you talk about the momentum. I've been in this position, I don't know how many times, where you escape a guy and you're looking back. You have to you imagine if, if you're a quarterback, getting your shoulders back turned parallel to the line of scrimmage, but then the receiver that you're – that we think he's looking at is obviously Drake London, but he's probably 10 yards inside of where you get your shoulder square. Even if your shoulders are square, you got to get him even more turned to try to throw that football back to the inside. So that tells you right away there are too many factors when it comes to the rain, the weather. You've already outbeaten the guy, the momentum to the sideline. And then you know in your mind that's probably, probably not the best throw. In your mind you know it's greedy. When you do it, as a quarterback, you know – Man, that'd be a great throw. That'd be a spectacular <laughs> throw if I throw that one. Because you know, deep down, that's one of those game-changing, oh, it only <laughs> happens once in a while type of throws. But in that situation, in that part of the game, that cannot be the mindset. Yeah. And I remember every time we got into the red zone, my coach would always remind me, whether I was a guy who played you know, three, four years or it's late in the year, hey, we got points. We want to end this possession with the ball on the foot of our kicker, whether an extra point or a field goal. Yep. And in that position, this has to make sure he throws that football away because you have points that are already lined up. 
you know, nothing's automatic, but you give your kicker a chance and you don't give them that momentum. You And you talked about before we came on, if you give a team any kind of hope, regardless if they're 1-12, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, 12-1, and one, and they're in a ball game late and they got a chance to go down and win it, and you give them something that gives them the the, 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 the attitude that they can go back and get it, yeah. give them that hope, anything can happen. And in that moment, Carolina probably was thinking, if we can hold them to a field goal, that's a big win. That's a win for us. Yeah. And then you turn it over, that's almost like, oh, thank you for the for the ball game because we have an opportunity now that we have kind of thought we were going to conceal the field goal. So definitely in that moment, you got to throw that football away. One of the many things that quarterbacks have to do, we, we, you have to think of a ton of stuff, you know, and, and I want to go through all the stuff. But one of the things is, and one of the last things is, is that I'm the last line of defense of a bad play, mm-hmm. a bad call, a play gets blown up, a shock just described how that was developing. My job is to minimize the damage on the play. The play is already blown up. You talked about it. You talked about it. So now I'm the last defense for my coach is calling the plays and for my teammates. Yep. Now I've got to minimize how bad this is. And that didn't get done there. I, I blew it up, and I made it worse than it needed to be. Okay? And, and that's the problem that's plagued this team throughout the season has been their inability to stay away from the catastrophic mistake. Mm. And that's what that was. You know, sometimes I feel like guys like Patrick Mahomes can be a gift and a curse to the mm. National Football League mm-hmm. because guess what? Patrick Mahomes does that all the time. Yeah. And sure. guess what? By and large, he gets away with it. But he's built a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. He's just a little bit different. Like, and, and you could say that like an Aaron Rodgers, a Brett Favre, uh, some of the, the Peyton best. Peyton Manning threw Peyton 28 Manning. interceptions. He also yeah. threw 28 touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are certain guys that probably have earned the right to take some of those chances, and maybe they've got – and I don't want to sit here and say Desmond Ritter doesn't have the talent, but maybe maybe Patrick Mahomes just has a little bit more arm talent because I would – I would be willing to bet. I got two guys right here that could back it up. That when you're running that direction that Desmond Ritter was, and you're trying to turn your shoulders back to make that throw inside, you probably got little to no lower body helping you out. Is that is that fair, fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's now all away, yeah. an arm throw, right? Yeah, I know why the wind's blowing about 20, <laughs> yeah. 15 and miles And you may now. not have great grip of the ball because yeah. rain's been dripping all over it, right? So, again, so many things like you talked about that have to go through a quarterback's mind, and to me it was just – throw this ball out of bounds. Here's the other part that uh, I go back to those moments of those type of throws. Arch, I know you've done it. I've done it a thousand times. How many times in practice you're just kind of playing around and, you know, you're playing catch and you're just, you know, you're jumping, you throw one to the side like this, and it feels normal because you do it so often. And you mentioned it. You watch so many guys around the league who do it every single week, and you're like, man, I would love to be one of those guys or I would love to have a play that gives our team such an advantage. Or they just say, I can do that, can right? Do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I can understand the mindset of where Desmond was at that point, but also you have to know the mindset of where you're at in the ball game and how to help your team more than anything. So, Brian Burns, you mentioned it. He actually had a quote after the game. He says, we capitalized on their mistakes. That wasn't a very good play by Ritter, but just being able to capitalize off their mistakes really made us win this game. And and to what we just talked about, right? Like, if you're Brian Burns and, and your team ends up making that play, what do you do? You go to the sideline and you're like, hey, Bryce, go win this game for us, yeah. right? It gives them that hope. 
Yeah, no question about it. It wasn't the only turnover in the game. As we know, we turned the ball over deep in our territory, yep. too, on a third down running play where the ball's coughed up and they net and give the defense a ton of credit for coming in and bowing their back and forcing three there. Um, you know, there's another piece to this. You turned the ball over at their five. Mm -hmm. Yes, it took points off the board for us, and it was a horrible decision, horrible play. I think we all agree with that. Fans and us alike. Mm -hmm. They're 95 yards away from the goal line. They're probably 65 yards away from being in position to kick a field goal into the wind. Mm -hmm. So there was some other stuff that needed to get done that didn't get done in this game. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, guys, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are wondering, okay, well, how do we clean up? How do we avoid these costly mistakes? And, and I sit there as with my experience, and I'm sure you guys do, is like, okay, how do you make this happen? And – it's not it's nothing rocket science right like it's it's just it's just a thought process number one is at the quarterback position of which throws can I make and which throws should I not make and then the Bijan fumble like you know we can sit here and we can say till we're blue in the face how much talent the young kid has and he's going to be special in this league but you got to lock the football away right there's 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 really never been a, a situation where I've had a coach say ah, I was okay that you fumbled that yeah they never say that <laughs> Because when you your responsibility as a ball carrier is when you have your hands on the football, you don't cough it up, period. And I'm sure Bajan would tell us the exact same thing. Sure. But you're right. The fact that we turn over the ball a couple of times and they don't make the critical mistakes, that's what happens when you leave a team around. So I'll ask you guys, as they move forward to play the Colts, excuse me, how do you avoid some of those critical errors? Well, one is you're probably going to change the guys playing quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that's you're gonna that's what happens in this league. If you, you, you if you play quarterback in this league and, and you make mistakes that ultimately are contribute, I'm not going to say lost the game, but contribute to losing the game, then you probably don't get a play. And yep. that's what that's what's going to happen with Atlanta here. And and it'll happen at any position. If you can't block guys, you're not going to be on the field. Yep. You know, so yep. that's one way you try to change things. You heighten the awareness of taking care of the football. Now the biggest part, shock that becomes uh, maybe that little bit of a quandary you're in is that you want your guys to play loose and free and make plays that are available, but we got to have ball security. Yeah. And so yeah. give me an idea of your thought process as a quarterback. You go in and say, hey, we can't turn the football over, yet you got to shove it in that in between that window, second window to Drake on that in route. Are you going to be willing to turn it loose? That's a great that's a great point, Arch. And, and it's hard – I think if you're coming into this situation as Taylor Heineke with what's happened, I think we talked about this from, from weeks back. Yeah. You said, all right, if you're the guy now, you want to do the opposite of what sat this guy down. And if the opposite of that is you have to be a little bit more careful with the football, I don't know how freely you are to shove that ball in there. I think if you got an end cut coming in there and maybe it's a tight window, you hold on to it for just a half a second and then you probably check it down. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard for a guy to come into this situation and say, all right, I'm going to cut it loose because, you know, that's what the situation gives me or that's what the, the, the route or whatever it is says, all right, let's, let's put the football there. But I'll be honest, and I'm going to be 100% realistic here. If I'm in this position, my main mindset is whatever you do, do not turn it over. And if it comes a situation where that throw is a little bit tight, or I feel like that window is not big enough for me, or I don't, I'm not completely sure he's coming out of his break at 12, I'm going to hold on to it for an extra second. And 
to be honest, that's common nature because you don't want to come in and do the same thing that's hurt your team mm -hmm. previously. So it's going to be a thin line between where he is mentally when it comes to being able to force the issue when it comes to throwing the football down the field or as opposed to checking it down. I don't know where his mindset is. I wouldn't know where I would be, to be honest, because in my mind, I want to stay on the field. I've had an opportunity to be on the field, and now it was taken away, whatever the situation may be. But now if I'm coming in now, yeah, I want to be aggressive. I want to help my team. I want to make the plays that's there. But there's those three or four plays in the mm -hmm. game that you're going to have to be a little bit aggressive, and will he be aggressive in those moments? And I think only time will tell. Only the game will tell that if he does that. And well, and I'll play devil's advocate here because because as as an analyst, somebody that's paid attention to football, you guys know this as well, as a quarterback, just like you said, the words that came out of your mouth was, I'm going to hold on to it for a second. And what happens when you hold on to it for a second in the National Football League? Yep. Sometimes it turns into a sack. So I'm not sitting here telling – like, Sometimes that's not a bad thing. Right, true story, <laughs> and, know, instead of having the critical error. But I think it goes back to, and you guys can speak to this more than me, is – trusting what you see right and you, you've got to have that connection with your receivers yes you got to know you got to trust that they're going to come out of their route but you've got to see it and you got to cut it loose and I think we know that from what we've seen from Taylor Heineke his time in Washington the time that we've seen him on the field here he's not conservative he's not the type that's just going to throw the five yard out route he's going to cut it loose but I think you've got to trust what you see You've got to you got to understand <laughs> that if you see the skinny post, you got to let it go at that point. Because if you do hesitate, now that might be when you have well, the critical I mean, error. No question, you got to you got to be what I always averted back to. If I had some turnovers, I had a turnover game, and and I wanted to pull my claws back a little bit because I was being too aggressive or I was hurting the team, um, then I would go back to on time throws. I got to throw the ball on time. So if I get if I hit and hitch up. And I don't like the way it looks, boom, like you said, I'm checking it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I if the window's there, I'll throw it in the window. My guy should be in the window. Now, obviously, you got to be careful with that because they're playing zone, and I throw it into a window, my guy's not there. It ends up in a DB's lap. So there is a bit of caution attached to even throwing it on time, mm -hmm. seeing what you see and throw it. Sometimes that doesn't always work out either <laughs> because the way the route turns out, all that kind of stuff. But all you can do is go back to your basic training of throw the ball on time. You know, get a good pre-snap look, drop, confirm when you drop in your first couple of steps. Now you know where you're going, throw it on time. Don't hold it, don't hesitate. And if you get off schedule, now when you get off schedule and start to move, be sure about those throws. And, and trying to throw it back across the field is never good. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening and you are watching, this is the reason why quarterbacks get paid a lot of money because of all the things that goes through their mind. So let's flip this around. We talked a lot about offense, and we're still going to talk about offense, but we're going to talk about offense in the vein of the Indianapolis Colts because we've talked about quarterback play. We've talked about pushing the ball down the field. This Atlanta Falcons defense has actually been playing pretty well. I mean, they lose the game last weekend, but they don't even allow a touchdown. It's three yeah. field goals that ends up beating them. And they're going to play against a quarterback this week that's not afraid to press the ball downfield. Yeah. And I went back and looked at it, guys. Over the last four games, Gardner Minshew is averaging over 37 pass attempts a game. Okay, so they're not afraid to let him chuck it out, and and that's that's been his story. That's what that's what he is as a quarterback. So. Again, when we want to talk about some of the keys to the game, like the defense is going to have to rise up in this one because there's going to be plenty of opportunities that they take some shots downfield. And, DJ, 
you got Jesse Bates back there. You got DeMarco Hellams is seeing a lot more times. These guys are going to have to have great communication in the back end and make some plays on the football. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch this matchup. Uh, you think about Clark Phillips got a chance to start in this ball game. You mentioned DeMarco Hellams, another guy. Even though Clark had to come out late in the ball game for that, you know, that five yard penalty, and you know. Uh, Okuda ends up coming back in the ball game. This is going to be an interesting matchup because of what you mentioned as far as what Minshew has always been in the league, which is a gunslinger. And there will be opportunities for this defense, which has been very opportunistic at times to be able to take the football away when they need to. But I think in this game you have to be conscious of not trying to be overly aggressive knowing the kind of guy that you're playing against because that can work against you. This is a, a Colts team that – as we've seen over the past few weeks, loves to push the fall ball, like you mentioned, but they also are methodical about the way they go about it. And then, I mean, you, you got a run game that, that, that's been uh, kind of turned away. You know, they've been talking about Jonathan Taylor possibly coming back this week, had a thumb injury, uh, but they said he, he possibly be ready to go for this ball game. Michael Pittman's got over 1,000 yards on the season, uh, one of his go-to guys. But uh, this won't be – I said this won't be any different from what you've seen throughout the rest of the year. You've seen good receivers. You've seen quarterbacks who have been good. You've seen guys who've come in and, you know, probably been the backup. But I think the situation comes down to it's all about you. And at the end of the game, you know, you talk about what happened when they were able to go down and get the field goal together. This is a situation in the season where, yes, you worry about the opponent, but it's all about the little thing that you – the details of the ball game. Arch mentioned – early in the game where, hey, a guy misses a block and it blows up the entire play. If a guy misses a coverage on the back end, if a guy doesn't, you know, rotate the right way, then here comes a, a big-time play. You have to worry about, I think, the details within your defense. Around Neal's done a great job of forcing the issue. They've gotten pressure. They got pressure on Bryce with just four half the time. Uh, so you've shown the ability to be able to do that. But also, Arch, you mentioned it. We haven't been stopping the run as good. Last two ball games total of 277 yards the Falcons defense has given up in the run game. If you do that, accompany that with them being able to throw the football, it's going to be a long day. So I think you have to force them to be one-dimensional and, and force Minshew to beat you. Arch, uh, last week Zach Harrison gets his first career sack. Taquan Graham gets his first career sack. Those guys, the rest of the defensive front, providing some pressure up front is obviously going to help all that out as well. But what do you see as some of the keys for when Indy is on offense and Atlanta having success defensively? Well, it, it would help to get David Onyemata back. Big time. Uh, I think David Onyemata <laughs> in the middle. This is, you, you know, it's really been weird how different positions get hammered. Um, the Falcons have been hammered at the defensive tackle position. Uh, Davy Street gone for the year. Obviously, Grady Jarrett gone for the year. We've lost. We had Davis, David Onyemata has been out the last few weeks. Big part of what they are in the mm -hmm. defensives. I give a lot of guys credit. LaKeel London stepped up and really played well. They've, yep. they've rotated Calais Campbell inside. Even Zach Harrison, who's an edge player, they moved him inside. He played some. So those guys have been yeoman, yeoman's work yes. in their uh, TQ Graham you mentioned. Um, those guys have stepped their game up to the extent where they've been – Decent, you know, and playing a little bit out of position, but yeah. still performing. I mean, Zach Harrison's sack is an indication of why Atlanta went and got him. Um, this is a three-man pass rush. Zach Harrison drops off into coverage, third down in the red zone. Go get okay, it. what Bryce Young had done was by time. He'd done a pretty good job of getting. He gets out of the pocket, and Harrison comes and gets him. And I mean, he comes like a heat-seeking <laughs> missile and yeah. comes and gets him. And that's a dude at 270 pounds just ran down a quarterback and dropped him in no time. So, really good play there. TQ Graham, strip sack, big-time play by TQ. 
getting David Onyemata back is a big deal. This is in the last six games, Atlanta's four, two and four in their last six games. In the four losses, Atlanta has given up a drive in the final three and a half minutes of the game. Mm. Two for touchdowns, two for field goals that has allowed the opposition to escape with one of the, with those victories. Yep. Think about how close these games are. Atlanta has played 31 games in the last two seasons. 23 of the 31 games are one-score games. So you're going to be probably in that kind of game. Got to find a way to get a start. I think the mustache throws you the football in this game. I think that Jesse Bates, this is the kind of game that you want to play in as a DB. He's got two guys he likes to throw the football to. Um, He's got Pittman, who's – you talked about his numbers, and 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 he's got uh, Josh Downs. Those are the two guys he wants to throw the football to. He's got a couple of guys that run the football. There's an idea of what you can do and what you need to defend. I think he's going to throw it to you. I think you can get after him. Now defensively, they're pretty good. Now. Yeah, <laughs> they've got well, they got the top tackler in the National Football League and Zaire Franklin, the linebacker. That dude, that dude been doing that for a yeah. long time. Yeah, had 167 College, tackles yeah. last year. He was yeah. really good at Syracuse. You're right, and they've got two guys that can come off the edge. Yeah. Pay and pay and uh, Ebukam and uh, Ebukam, they can go get the passer. But I think combined, those two guys have 17 sacks. Yeah, I mean, I I think you guys nailed it. I mean, there's been so much talk about oh, you know, playoffs and can they still get in and all this stuff. And yeah, there's still mathematical chance that can happen. But this is one of those like they got to take care of their own business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You got to just execute, win plays. Your playmakers got to touch the football. You gotta you gotta secure the ball, no turnovers. You gotta find a way to put points on the board. I mean, it's. You 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 play in nine seven games and and you're going to probably more often than not get what you got last weekend. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sitting here saying that Atlanta needs to be a, a 40 point offense like some of these right now. That's just not that's not in the cards right now. Okay, but when you have those opportunities in the red zone, you got to come away with points and um, finding a way to get Drake London the ball. I mean, I know the conditions were bad last weekend, but Drake London, John yeah, Robinson, targets, Kyle Pitts, yeah. like those guys got to touch the football. Yeah. They're first round picks for a reason. Uh, and those guys got to touch the football. Well, it would be a big deal to get your get your offensive line back. It's the most cohesive unit uh, of any unit on the on the field. And and give Newsle credit and Hinton credit and and Storm Norton credit for coming in there and and trying to hang in. Those guys haven't played a lot together, and they did a decent job of trying to sort this out. It was a really good defensive front four they played against. But having Dahlman back, having Lindstrom back, having McGarry back, which is looks like is in the offing for this weekend. That's going to pay some dividends as well. That's why they're starters for a reason. Yep. So that's why that'll be put. I'll, I'll add one thing to it. This is just my personal opinion. Uh, this is not me trying to be OC, not trying to be Arthur Smith. I think when last week's game, when I know the conditions probably asked for it, but Tyler Algier was kind of your bell cow guy. And I love when he is that guy. And as we've seen over the, over the last two years, when this guy gets continuous touches, when he gets 10, 12, 15 touches, he wears on a defense. He mm-hmm. wears you down. I know last week you want to, you know, run control, ball control, all that. But I think his style of running fits any environment. It fits any game. And I think when you get that going, as we know, it helps any quarterback. I don't care if you're, you know, Patrick Mahomes, whoever it is, any run game helps you tremendously. And I think Tyler Algier is one of those guys that if you use him in the way where he is getting the football 10, 12, 15 times, and you can still find ways to get B.J. on the ball. You still find ways to get C.P. the ball for the touchdown. Like, there's still ways to get those guys their touches. But I think if you have that constant downhill physical attack, and as we know, he has always been a one cut, and he's downhill north and south. He's going to get you positive yards, which is going to help you stay ahead of those chains and ultimately helps you as a play caller. So my personal opinion, I would love to see more of Tyler Algier with the ball in his hand.
Yeah, when he um, when he has some of those physical runs, it, it gets the offensive line for excited. Sure. For sure. Um, so speaking of the offensive line or the big boys, because I'll include David Onyemata in that, um, for the Falcons' sake, hopefully they get those guys back this week. Uh, I think we'll see a different product on the field. And once again, conditions will not be a factor in this one as Atlanta Falcons will be back at Mercedes-Benz Stadium this weekend hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Falcons at 6-8 and eight, still got some work to do if they want to get in that postseason discussion, but it starts with one game this Sunday. Sunday against the Colts. That's going to wrap it up for the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T on behalf of Shock and Arch. I'm Rack. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.